This is Locked On Clemson. I am Matt Smith, and we are so happy that you are with us. We know there's no live events right now, but there is still plenty of Clemson Tiger athletics to talk about. And hey, thank God for NFL free agency, because that gives us some movement and some fascinating things that are happening around the NFL, and we've already talked about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit, but we're going to dig back into that some today with Pat Daniel from the Sports Talk Radio Network, someone I work very closely with, and uh, Pat is one of those guys, he loves to track former NFL uh, Tigers, former Clemson Tigers, now in the NFL, uh, you know, kind of Clemson for life guys, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins is one of those. We'll talk about where DeAndre Hopkins, uh, how he fits in now with the Arizona Cardinals, you know, what he'll miss about seeing Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins play alongside each other. That was kind of cool, right? That you could just catch a Texans game and, you know, and there the, the color analyst would be talking about Deshaun Watson, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, and DeAndre Hopkins, who had already established himself as one of the top wide receivers in the league, playing with each other. Two former Clemson Tigers that didn't get to hook up uh, – in college, but then here they are in the NFL making plays in the playoffs in front of the world. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's over now. And, you know, what will be missed about that and uh, how often we'll get to see Hopkins play maybe in Arizona, what that's going to look like playing with Kyler Murray. But, you know, we talk a lot with uh, Pat Daniel about a lot of different topics here uh, coming up in the next two segments. You know, one more note on this Hopkins saga now. Uh, so much has been made of it because uh, the whole world is just waiting for something to happen in sports. And this was the biggest story to happen. And during an appearance on ESPN's Get Up, Michael Irvin said that DeAndre Hopkins told him Texans head coach Bill O'Brien likened him to Aaron Hernandez in a meeting prior to being traded and complained about the mothers of Hopkins' children. So DeAndre's got children with multiple mothers, and maybe they were hanging around Bill O'Brien. I, I don't know if it's characterized correctly by Irvin, and Hopkins, for his part in this, is taking the high road. Um, as a matter of fact, here's what DeAndre Hopkins said on Twitter. The Texans organization served me well, the city of Houston served me well, and my teammates served me well. The city of Houston will forever be loved. Now it's time to bring a championship to AZ. Hop out. So, high road for DeAndre Hopkins. He's never been one to talk much in the media. If you've ever heard him kind of mic'd up, though, he will talk some smack. Uh, when he's playing, <laughs> he's out at receiver. I'm laughing because I'm thinking back one time. I'm trying to remember it was it was he and, and another really really good uh, cornerback. It might have been Josh Norman. Um, I hate to get that wrong, but it, if I'm wrong about that, but I think it was Josh Norman. When he was with the Redskins, and they were they were going at each other in a in a preseason practice, and uh, you know, kind of an the 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 it when you get two teams together to practice in the preseason. I think the Redskins and Texans were getting together, and they were both talking smack back and forth. And I think Norman said, "Hey, you know, I want to tell you, you're one of the best wide receivers in the game." And DeAndre's response was, "Yeah, I know that." So a lot of confidence there. Doesn't talk a lot in the media. Uh, taking the high road here on the way out. I have a good stat here. This actually came to me from ProFootballReference.com. Most receptions on third or fourth down 
since 2018. So, you know, the money downs when you need to make a play. Julio Jones has the most such catches, 65, and uh, he's got 70%, uh, you know, catch percentage. So targeted 93 times, he caught 65 of them. You know, those are, those are tough plays. Uh, and to catch 70% on third and fourth down, that's pretty good. Michael Thomas is number two and has the highest percentage because, look, Let's be honest, Drew Brees to Michael Thomas, that's probably the best combination right now going in football. And uh, he's got uh, 62 such catches in the last couple of years, 77% of the time those catches are complete. And right behind him, however, DeAndre Hopkins. 68% of those have been caught, four touchdowns as uh, as well, which is really high up on the list. Uh, what you need to know is those are three of the best receivers in football right now. Julio Jones... Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. And Hopkins has been traded, and Deshaun Watson's going to miss him. His message to Hopkins out the door on Twitter was, Man, this is crazy. Not sure how you thank someone who's done so much for you and your career. Not only someone who is a leader, but one of the best to ever do it. Even more, I appreciate your genuine friendship from day one. Wishing you everything you deserve, fam. So... Deshaun Watson knows what Hopkins meant to him. He's made that clear, and I think we can all agree with that. Uh, by the way, some other movement on former Tigers. DJ Reader, defensive tackle from the Texans, now going to the Bengals. Four-year, $53 million contract, making him the highest-paid defensive tackle in football. That won't last. That will be surpassed. But good for DJ Reader, who I believe was a fourth-rounder, fourth or fifth-rounder coming out of Clemson. Uh, former Clemson safety J. Ron Curse is signing a one-year deal worth $2.75 million with the Detroit Lions. So Curse is going to the Lions. He's been hanging on in the NFL. Former Clemson linebacker B.J. Goodson has a one-year deal fully guaranteed with the Cleveland Browns. Um, Goodson started nine games with the Packers last season, so he's carving out quite a career for himself. And former Bills defensive end Shaq Lawson has agreed to a three-year deal with the Miami Dolphins worth $30 million. He's going down there to play with the assistant coach uh, that was there at Clemson when Lawson was there. Marion Hobby is going to be there. So... Uh, down in Miami. So he'll know how to utilize Shaq Lawson and his ability to rush the passer. All right. We will take a break here on Locked On Clemson. And when we come back, we have got Pat Daniel from the Sports Talk Radio Network joining us to talk about what he's missing most this spring, why he can't wait to see DJ Ungalalele, and why sitting out St. Patrick's Day was so hard for him. We'll do that when we come back. If it's orange, it's on. Locked on clips and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Clemson, and we have got Pat Daniel with us from the Sports Talk Radio Network. And uh, Pat, your your name is Patrick, and I, for those that don't know what you look like, blazing red hair. I mean. Missing St. Patrick's Day, that's an issue for you. It hurt. That one cut deep. And yes, I've told folks my entire life, if you can look at me, look me up and down, and guess what the number one name you would guess or you would suspect me of having, (laughs) it's Patrick. (laughs) Yeah, so you miss St. Patrick's Day. And, I mean, look, that's just one of the many things we're missing. Um, how, How have you – all right, so two things. How have you stayed sane, and what do you think 
you what do you suspect you are missing the most about you know not going home and catching games or covering sports i mean hey we're still working at sports talk we're still doing our thing but it's not the same what do you think you're missing the most the easy answer is sports but then it's it's the simple things it's the ability to go meet a friend for a drink after the show at night or go to the gym in the morning to get the day going or I'm a very friendly, outgoing person. I like to talk to anybody I come in contact with. And right now, it's just about the most complete opposite of what I'm used to in regard to that. I think we're all we're all realizing pretty quickly this is totally different from anything we've ever experienced before. Uh, thank God for the NFL free agency. I think this is keeping a lot of us avid sports fans sane right now. And what are you doing more of than you would normally be doing? Okay, so right now I am uh, – I, I have so there's a big pecan tree right outside my bedroom window. Uh, it was struck by lightning maybe six months ago or so, and we had a tree cutting company come out and cut down some massive limbs. Well, I purposely saved a few pretty big cuts of this, uh, this wood, and right now I am attempting to build a coffee table. But I'd like to add the caveat that I have no idea what I'm doing. So lots of YouTube videos and lots of experimenting right now. But I am uh, basically becoming a carpenter or attempting to right now. Oh, that's great. All I see, I've been the opposite. I've got I've got a lot of wood, and so my fire pit has just been going constantly. But I'm, I'm simply destroying wood. You are using it. You're a builder. You're a creator. Well, I may be destroying more than I'm creating, but at least I'm trying. So maybe by the seventh or eighth try, I'll get it right. But I guess we have enough time for those. So yeah, the, time I, I know, I know, I know, and I know one of the things we'd be talking about a lot is uh, is Clemson spring football. I mean, it, a lot of things though, Clemson baseball. Um, but with, with Clemson football, um, you know, what what do you think we would be talking about with with spring practice and the spring game, like? What were you kind of looking forward to with the spring game? Because we all we hear Dabo Sweeney three days a week or whatever it may be. We hear Brent Venables. We hear Tony Elliott. But like covering Clemson, what did you really want to see like in live action from this team? Well, two main things. One, I wanted to see this heralded recruit uh, a freshman class that was coming in the 2020 recruiting class. So many spring enrollees. I wanted to see these defensive linemen. And how, as 17, 18-year-old kids, they were going to be able to compete with the, the upperclassmen that are on the team. We keep hearing about all these studs coming in. I wanted to see how they match up right now. Uh, also, the, the biggest question that comes to mind for me right now is how many red shirts are teams allowed in college football? How many teams across the country right now are not going to think their freshman players are ready if this goes into the summer practice schedule and they're forced to basically just sit these guys out for a year. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer to that. And Clemson's going to be a unique one because, you know, I think that I think based on what we were hearing just few, you know, through a few practices. And again, how heralded this class was, as you said, I think Clemson was expecting a lot of players to contribute and they probably know who those guys were, but will they have enough time now, enough practice time to contribute next year or some great players going to be redshirted? You got to think they, you got to think they will because there's a level of, 
I don't want to say danger, but a level of fear as well, where you don't want to put these players that aren't prepared, they're used to high school speed uh, or high school strength. You don't want to just throw them out there to the wolves come September. Uh, you don't want to throw these defensive linemen out there that are going to go go against experienced offensive lines on the other side and just, just get bullied. Uh, see, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I don't have a clear answer to that. Well, it, as far as players you wanted to see, who were you excited about maybe, even even that was already on the roster? Who did you think, you know, you said, you know, this is a player, I want to see him in the spring game. I want to know what he's doing. Uh, because we've seen Trevor Lawrence, so we know what he's got. We've seen Travis Etienne. Who were you excited about that more is like a guy whose name you see in print than actually get to see play? If you're listening out there, forgive me for for butchering your name. But incoming freshman quarterback DJ Ukulele, I and I know I said that wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Ukulele. Yeah, it's wanted to see how he could compare as uh, to these other guys. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is the incumbent starter, but don't forget that we also have Tyson Fumichu out there. Again, apologies for the pronunciation. I was curious to see the battle for second-string quarterback if it was going to be a battle, and you had to think there it, it would be. The other person, even though he's a sophomore. Uh, uh, sophomore wide receiver Joseph Ngata. I was really curious to see what strides he was going to take because now Clemson will be looking to add that new stretch receiver or jump ball receiver after losing T. Higgins. And is it going to be a Frank Ladson or an, a Joseph Ngata? Who's going to step up? Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I really wanted to see that. That's a great point. The quarterbacks, because to me, the biggest difference is. In, 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 in as college football as we assess guys, even if we can go with the evaluators and we can see what we need to see, the biggest difference is the way quarterbacks play. And I'll give you an example of that. Sometimes you watch a quarterback and he's so much faster than his competition that he's running away from them and he's able to just buy time in the pocket. And then all of a sudden when he gets to college, if you can't do that against superior athletes, can he throw from the pocket? We just wanted to see DJ, who is so big and strong. How big and strong is he? It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Cam Newton. Uh, you know, when we first saw Cam Newton at Auburn, we said, you know, in game one or game two, yeah, but can he do that through a whole SEC season? And then he could. And I think what, what you and I want to know about DJ is, I know he's big and strong, but how does that kind of translate to now playing quarterback for Clemson? That's a great point. And, you know, friend of the program and one of your co-hosts on Sports Talk, Phil Kornblut, sometimes we tease him. He's labeled Trevor Lawrence as a Greek god now. This will be year three of us hearing that. <laughs> right. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about DJ because, like you said, he, he reminds a lot of folks of Cam Newton. He is coming in as a freshman, and he just looks bigger, faster, stronger than a lot of upperclassmen on teams. He's just, he's just a big, sturdy-looking guy. He's going to be a Polynesian prince to Phil, right? That's that sounds right. That's 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 perfect. Yeah. That's Polynesian Prince. Pat Dagan joining us from the Sports Talk Radio Network. Uh, we have a lot of fun working together, but like you, missing sports, but that's okay. We've got so much we're going to take you through over the next few months. And one of those things that I think now fits into this space more than ever, Pat, is kind of like former Clemson Tigers. Uh, off in the NFL, and I know you track that. Every Clemson fan doesn't do that. 
you know, sometimes when they leave the program, they wish them well, but they don't really track them. You do. I know you're a guy that liked watching Deshaun Watson throw to DeAndre Hopkins. So what do you think you're going to miss about them playing together? Yes, Mindy, that even as a Carolina Panthers fan myself, I've paid close attention, like so many other Clemson folks, to the Houston Texans. And that that trade broke my heart. Just just seeing that connection between the two of them was was something special. I, w- I would make it a point on Sundays to go to a bar that had Sunday ticket just so I could see that game because we don't get it regularly televised here in South Carolina. And you just can't help but wonder what happened behind closed doors. What happened in the locker room or just between the head coach and player that, that just caused this rift? Because something had to have happened for them to have seek this, sought out this trade. It just, it just doesn't make sense. And one of the other pieces with the Texans, another former Tiger that hasn't gotten as much publicity, but I think almost just as big of a deal, big of a loss for the Texans is former Clemson defensive tackle DJ Reader. He signed in free agency with the Tennessee Titans, and I believe he's now the either top or number two paid defensive tackle in the NFL. And that that's a huge loss for them. They now in the last year have lost multiple interior linemen uh, between he and, and Jadavion Clowney for the Texans, and it's just just not sure what's going on down in Houston. Well, one thing, how about you? How, what did you think of what Michael Irvin had to say, which is essentially Bill O'Brien brought DeAndre Hopkins into a meeting and he seemed to compare the problems that Hopkins was having or O'Brien was having with Hopkins with the problems he had with Aaron Hernandez and their relationship just deteriorated. I, I don't know what to make of that. I suppose it's true because we heard they had a bad relationship, but if true, if if that is true from Michael Irvin, what in the world is going on with Bill O'Brien that he can't get along with his best player? That's – I was hoping you would bring that up. I knew you would. I've been trying to wrap my head around it ever since first seeing that Michael Irvin interview. I, I do believe it's true. I don't know why DeAndre Hopkins would have said it otherwise, but I, I don't know – what makes Bill O'Brien think that's okay to say? I realize right now we're at a day and age where people are having to be more cautious with what they're saying. But even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I don't think that would have been okay. And you cannot directly compare a player such as DeAndre Hopkins or anybody to a murderer. I mean, I, I just don't – it's unfathomable to me. Unfathomable – wow. <laughs> it is unfathomable to me that anybody would think that's okay to bring a player of any stature into your office and compare them to such a terrible human being as Aaron Hernandez. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, from what we've always seen, is is very philanthropic in the Houston community. He did a lot of good for that community when they had those floods a few years ago, as well as J.J. Watt. He's done a lot for uh, Daniel High School. As recently as last year, he bought the entire football, uh, football team all new equipment. I think it was all new helmets and shoulder pads. So he does a lot for the community. He's never once been in trouble off the field. Uh, and then also for Bill O'Brien to call him out on having uh, – he has children with, with multiple mothers, which, okay, that's that's half of America right now. Our divorce rate's so high. A lot of folks have that going on. I, I just don't understand why he would try to scapegoat DeAndre Hopkins like this. It, it, just, it just makes no sense in today's day and age. 
Well, and at the end of at the end of his little rant, Michael Irvin said, and that's why DeAndre Hopkins got traded for a ham sandwich, which I thought was the best illustration we've heard of how because that was my reaction to the trade. You and I talked about it off air, and I I did it on the podcast yesterday. I I was stunned, and a lot of I, it's one of those things I don't always I don't always grasp the finance of the NFL right away. So sometimes I see a trade that I think is a dog, and then find out later well they had to do it based on certain you know salary cap restrictions or something about draft picks it seems we're all in agreement here right deandre hopkins just got traded for a ham sandwich let's take a look yeah you're exactly right let's take a look at some recent notable wide receiver trades uh odell beckham jr when he was traded from the giants to the browns it was for a first round a third round and a fifth round pick brandon cooks has been traded by two different teams in the last four years both times for a first round pick in return. Stephon Diggs just traded for, was it three picks overall, including a first round pick? Amari Cooper was traded for a first round pick. Meanwhile, arguably the greatest wide receiver in the NFL at this moment, DeAndre Hopkins, got a second round pick and a, and a running back that's currently a negative in terms of value on his contract. It, it, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, David Johnson last year was benched he was their, I think, third or fourth highest paid player on their roster, and he was benched and eventually relegated to third string. I, I, don't, I don't understand where that value is coming from. What is O'Brien seeing that the rest of us aren't, or what does he think he is seeing that nobody else is? You know what? I, here's what I want to do, because you just you said DeAndre Hopkins. You just said best receiver in football. And I, I think he is. I, I always couch that because I know that it's one of those things that I think can be argued based on, you know, a team's need. But whatever it is, we can we can quite easily say he's one of the top three wide receivers in football. And and this was this leads me to this, and maybe we'll do this the next time we're together uh, here on Locked On Clemson. You know, who is the best former Clemson Tiger in the NFL right now? Because I think a lot of people would have put their money that it was going to be Deshaun Watson. He's certainly in the running. Was going to be Sammy Watkins. I don't think anybody would have put their money on DJ Reader uh, as a fifth-round pick. Now, all of a sudden, he's the highest-paid defensive tackle in football. But, uh, you know, Andre Ellington had a really nice career that, that uh, I guess, is, is winding down or, or over. Uh, but to me... DeAndre Hopkins is the answer there. What do you think of those that are kind of currently in the NFL or most recently in the NFL? Can anybody surpass what DeAndre Hopkins has done? At this moment, I would have Hopkins one, Deshaun Watson two. I believe I would put DJ Reader three. Um, another, a fourth one that may sound a little surprising. He's had one good season to this to this point in his career. He led the NFL in sacks just a couple of short years ago with the Atlanta Falcons. Vic Beasley. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so happy to see him get a fresh start. He didn't like the way he was being used in the Dan Quinn off, uh, defense over with uh, the Falcons. He's now also with the Titans. So we see a reunion of sorts for him and DJ Reader. He was signed at a team-friendly, I believe it was a $9.5 million one-year deal with the, with the Tennessee Titans. But that I wouldn't be surprised if he has a tremendous season with the Titans in 2020. I agree. So I'm right there with you on Vic Beasley. And I've, I've got to admit, I watched DJ Reader play with the Texans, and he was excellent. I, it kind of came out of left field for, for me 
to have him, and I know contracts are going to go up. He probably won't be the highest paid defensive tackle for very long, but just in terms of impact, I don't know that I saw it, but Hopkins is someone I have targeted, and you've got him one and, I, and Watson two, and I'm right there with you. I, I wonder how many people, and we'll, start, we'll reach out to our listeners on this, um, I wonder how many people might have Watkins uh, in one of those top two spots, just because of his explosive ability. But the numbers—if you want to—if you want to do raw numbers, forget it. It's it's Hopkins far and away, and Watson number two far and away. If you're talking about raw numbers and and impact, you would have to—I think you'd have a hard argument to take either one of those two out of the top spot. Agreed. And Sammy Watkins is a—he's a tremendous player. He has playmaking ability, but it's a—it's a matter of consistency with him. He's never been able to find that. Uh, two, three, four game in a row streak of 100 yards. I mean, last year he opened up the season on fire. I remember I had him on my fantasy football team. I think he got me 53 points week one, and then he didn't score a touchdown again until the playoffs. And and that that's just kind of been how his whole career has, has played out. He's a tremendous receiver. He's a great number two or number three on teams, which will, which will keep him in the NFL for as long as he wants to play. But I think I would have him four or five or six on my list just because of that lack of consistency. 